And we're back once again for the Moafa podcast, second one of the season after the international break. I'm joined here by Grant Rewi. Just when you thought you got rid of me, sports fans, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> and, for, and for the first time this season, I'm also joined by CC, who, for um, to create a word picture, currently on over his left shoulder is MF Doom and over his right shoulder is Daft Punk. So he's got a real angel versus devil look going. Yeah, I've actually uh, kind of got the lighting set up as well. Like the, uh, the ray of light comes down over my shoulders. Uh, and, and quite, quite frankly, I've been blessed. <laughs> yeah, speaking of blessing some ray of light, <laughs> do you want to give us a, a quick rundown on your, how your season's going, Callum? Yeah, well, I'm I'm the uh, carryover manager of the month for September. Um, it's probably as much of a shock to me as it was to you, because I kind of I kind of felt like a lot of the month of September I was like, my team shit, I need a wild card. Um, but when I actually looked back, I had I had a couple of I think I had a really good defence. I had Cancelo get two. 12 pointers um, with an assist and then three bonus in two games and a clean sheet. Um, And then I had uh, Alexander-Arnold, 12-pointer as well. And then basically, I think once once you're getting those clean sheets, it's just about captain choice, more or less. And uh, captain's choice has been fairly easy this year, I would say. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I started off one and two and... It kind of seemed like it was going to be a bit of a dirge. And then I've since won, I think, five straight. Nice. Um, into the top five of the B League and kind of positioning myself, hopefully, for a bit of a run uh, later in the season. Before we um, come to you, G, for your sort of rundown, I just, that that point on Cancelo and Trent Alexander-Arnold is interesting to me, just in the way the game's changed over the past four or five years, I feel like you almost, your defenders, you're not just like, oh, a clean sheet would be nice. It's like you're picking guys who are going to get you attacking returns. It's really changed the shape yeah. of the game. Just on that point, still, like I'm, I'm pretty uh, outspoken with my view that I think uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold is the best value player in the game. Like, realistically, you should be paying four million more for him. Uh, and... So, like, through that lens, I think if you get attacking returns, you're both lucky, but also I agree with you. You kind of expect them from somebody like that as well. So, mm-hmm. in the same way that you expect returns from somebody like uh, KDB or Ronaldo or Lukaku or somebody like that. So, he yeah. kind of her- carries that expectation, but also you feel like you're robbing somebody at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my <laughs> mind's still stuck in like 2012 where getting Seamus Coleman with an assist or a um, penalty was like a fucking godsend. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a different time. Yeah, glory days. I would days. say though there's been, a bunch of, there's been a bunch of clean sheets as well. Like City have six clean sheets or something this season. Yeah. So, you know, just taking it to the bank. Even Arsenal kept a couple of clean sheets. Even Arsenal, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so how's your season going, Jay? 
So I guess there's probably two lenses to look at this through. <laughs> so the first, the first one is is like I've got a broad goal of you know. So in the Moafa leagues, that twenty four hundred plateau is kind of like a. Um, so in baseball, for example, they say if you get three thousand hits, you'll make the Hall of Fame. And in Moafa, twenty four hundred is kind of that plateau for us. So it's been done taken last year out of, out of the picture probably a handful of times. I don't know what the stat is. So 2,400 is kind of a goal of mine. So you need to hit about 64 around. And I'm currently at 64.6. So going a good clip, I think I'm 21 points off the top of the championship. So objectively good. Um, I'm also five and three after going three and oh. So lost one three on the trot, lost three. Um, I'm not particularly unhappy with those results because, you know, they weren't close. So I really didn't deserve to win them, to be honest. Um, but I also, also feel that I'm underachieving in that space, given I feel that I'm achieving in the other space. So there's some frustrations, but nothing, nothing too much that is uh, causing me that much concern at the moment. So I'm really, really happy. Um, and given how competitive the Super League is, picking up wins is just important. So it doesn't matter how you do it, when you do it, just pick up those mm. wins. Yeah, 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 yeah. That twenty, that twenty four hundred, it is sort of the goal, right? Like you know, you've had a good season. You do that, do that a couple of seasons in the row in a row, and you might need your own Twitter account and start selling your selling your tips. <laughs> Baller <laughs> underscore FPL. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everyone will pay for my reckons, I'm sure. <laughs> starting, starting with Shane Gooch, he'll be first. <laughs> um, well, that's Shane Gooch's comment. It's probably a nice little segue into a quick. I'll give you a quick rundown of how I'm going. So, remarkably for me, traditionally a super slow starter, I'm eight and zero in the the B League. Um, <laughs> Yeah, haven't 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 had a loss yet. Um, it's been been tight with some of the games. Um, for me, looking at that B League, there's a few guys, Matt Sad, Jared Avery, and especially Shane Gooch, that are just like driving big totals. And mm. sort of, it's my first season in the B League, and Robbo and Callum, in particular, have spoken on this, how it's just like a grind every week, every week. Like you can't, you can't drop points because it's not about that top eight. It's, you need to be in that top two or three. And knowing Shane Gooch and knowing how he plays the game, it's like an extra like, fuck, (laughs) need to keep going because Mm. he's just going to be there the whole time. Um, He slipped up last week on his wild card. He's had he had a bit of, I mean his wildcard team's pretty good. He had a couple of things that didn't come off, but it's one of those ones where teams are picked a bit differently the next week, and he could absolutely yeah. go off. Like I mean, he took James over over Chilwell, and I mean James mm. probably starts the next game and things like that. So it's tough. He just, I know, he- he just really freaks out about things like pet roulette and the like. So like, it's really, uh, you know, he, he just, he does it hard sometimes. <laughs> I can already see him in the comments. <laughs> but, um, the new guys to the league though have uh, really, 
really taken it in their stride, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, Jared Jared Avery's one of the top two in the in the championship. He's absolutely flying. You've got Gooch doing well. You've got Matt Sad obviously doing well. And then even like um, Jesse Farmer first season in the mm. Super League and is absolutely killing it. Do we need to get do we need to uh, get worse at recruitment? Like what's going on with us? <laughs> <laughs> like we're just picking guns now. Like, what's wrong with us? <laughs> we wanted to make the league better and then two of us got relegated as a result. Well, I think I think yeah, I think um Matt Wilson is basically the England of the of the Moafa because he used to be the best and then he recruited all these guys into it. And he's sort of <laughs> been up and down ever since. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right. So um, because of the response we had to our, our post for questions, we're sort of just going to run a question and answer tonight. Um, so I'm going to chuck the questions at the boys and they're going to, they're going to give me their reckons. Um, and the first one, it's appropriate to chuck to Callum Campbell first, and it's from Marcus, and it just says, Arsenal, why? <laughs> yeah, so I think this question came after the Crystal Palace match, um, which I had one eye on, to be honest. It just it seemed like they started real well, and then, in Arteta's words, put on a handbrake. And the thing is that they just don't play with and intensity. They seem to have a real like lack of edge. And it's pretty frustrating because they had it against Spurs. And I think it's how they I think it's how Arteta wants them to play, but for some reason he can't get it get that out of them. Uh, so I mean why? I have no clue. Yeah. But I like Arteta, but it does get quite frustrating. Yeah. Anything to add on that, G? I guess just looking at it from a fantasy point of view, it's frustrating because you have quite a quite a few, a couple of reasonably placed enabler players mm. in Arsenal that can help flesh out your side. So you pick them and go, well, you know, they should be better. So you, you start them and I'm looking at, you know, um, Smith Rowe and White in particular because they're in my team. And you think, oh, yeah, okay, Crystal Palace, it's it's like on a clean sheet and maybe I might get a return. But you get to get four points is, you know, yeah. just really mm. tough. Again, I shouldn't expect much, but uh, I shouldn't expect much because I'm not paying much for them. But <laughs> still, it's uh, – you know, and they pay for Arsenal. But it's still, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. Well, given, given their positions in the team, like, well, particularly Saka and Smith-Rowe, like those guys are in that attacking third of a team that – Likes to would like to play a fluid type of football. You would think that you're going to get that. That looks like value, but for some reason it it's like I don't really like either of them. But I don't know. People did jump on one or the other this week in particular. Um, the the Ben White ones also doubly frustrating because Arsenal's equaliser. I watched that. I watched that from a few angles this morning. Oh, yeah, right. White shot, to me, is going in. 
just straight off the bat without that little deflection. The Arsenal yeah. player actually touches it back towards the keeper, which forces the save that they score off. So oh. without that little touch, it's actually a Ben White goal as opposed to a fucking robbed assist. Oh, <laughs> I had I had uh, Kieran Turney who hit the bar. Hit the oh, yeah, bar. that was... Dude. Yeah. Um, so much better. One of the funniest things about Arsenal is with Patrick Vieira turning up with um to manage Palace there last week, it's like, for Mikel Arteta, it must be when you're like hanging on in your relationship and you fuck it, you know your, your girlfriend's like best dude mate who looks like David Beckham turns up and he's like, oh, good day. Absolutely. The thing is, he's he's taken uh, to the Premier League quite well, Vieira. Like a lot of managers kind of flounder a little bit. Well, especially at Palace. Last time Palace tried something with a manager, it went to shit, and they had to get Roy Hodgson in. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't look like happening. They they have to sort out conceding late, but you know they've got players that can score goals and they've got a relative amount of solidity. So. Maybe he's I a future all, Arsenal manager. <laughs> well, all Palace can hope for is that uh, bringing on a former player goes as successfully as us for uh, Man United. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, we'll get to that later. <laughs> it's a fucking amusement park of a club, a tribute to itself. <laughs> um, well, so, oh, okay, no, sorry. <laughs> so the next question was um, for Matt Ryan, and I think he was having a dig at me. Because last week I managed to managed to win with a um, making three changes and going, I believe it was negative eight, not negative twelve, which he says. Um, and sort of my explanation for that was, I I kept getting injuries and stuff, and it was just like I could I could stick here, and previously I would have stuck, but I just sort of thought, now nah, have a go and make these changes and see what happens. And I, they, the changes weren't the reason that I won, but it's sort of reflective of the way I'm trying to play this season. But that's quite boring. So what we're actually going to talk about is, and it's sort of an Austin-inspired question, is about the usefulness of giving yourself a mini wildcard sometimes, especially in these head-to-head leagues, and sort of your views on that, G. Yes, I'm a little bit conflicted about the idea. So with with an overarching goal running in 2400, anytime you take good portions of points off yourself is problematic from that from that point of view. Uh, but I think there's certainly a benefit to it. And I think if your team's in trouble and you don't have a wild card, rather than laboring away for two, three, four weeks, making a change here, change there, and by the time you get to that fourth change, you're going to have to do the whole thing again. You might as well just rip the band-aid off, change it, and do it. So I think there's certainly times for it. Um, like I wouldn't do it often, and I wouldn't do it unless it's one of those break glass in case of emergency type things for me personally. Um, but I, it's, it's not a no, but it's also not a yes. It's a ask me when the context arrives. Sort of can thing. I can I just jump on that a little bit? Uh, imagine your name, Grant, is Michael Roberts. <laughs> yes, one thousand percent yes. <laughs> Let's put the context around it. Um, actually, I had to just look this up quickly, but I think we're looking at a 0-8, 0-8 start. So to put us in some context, I'm, 
I average about 64 points a game. Robbo averages about 48. So there's a, like a gulf in terms yeah. of what's happening. If he hasn't already brought in Sower this week, like, what are you doing, Robbo? <laughs> oh, mate. He, he played his wild card and didn't bring him in. He oh, played, brother. played his wild card. <laughs> oh, man. And he probably oh, needs to use a mini wild card <laughs> the week after. Oh. Well, should, we, uh, should, we pen, should we run him down and pen in the B League for next year? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel a bit sorry because, like, he, he was always in the mixer to get, to get up. And then he gets up, and uh, he's started really poorly. He's got he's, he's got a big road ahead of him this year. He's gone full full John full John O'Pierce. <laughs> That's right. He, he just he just misses home. That's all. He just misses home. <laughs> I look forward to seeing what his mini wildcard uh, results in. So next question. Um, I don't know if this is in poor toast, taste or not, but why do people always drop dead on the pitch or in the crowd when Spurs are playing? Um, I must have missed this. I don't know. Is that a reference to something? Yeah, so obviously there was Fabrice Mwamba, what? Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. A while ago, but in the recent context during the game, during the game against Newcastle this week, uh, a Newcastle fan, I think, had a heart attack. And it oh. was actually... Spurs players, the crowd alerted a Spurs player who then alerted the bench and Eric Dyer ended up sort of racking them up to get a defibrillator over to the over to the oh, dude shit. in the crowd. It was um an eventful day at Newcastle. They had their bloodthirsty yeah, right. owners in the seat for the first time. They went one nil up and lost three two. And some Newcastle fans gonna get a lifetime ban for racism. So <laughs> like the Premier League bingo. Well, what I will say on the question is, I want to answer the question, but all I will say is that we're all of an age now where we should be looking after our health. And if you haven't seen a doctor <laughs> in over 12 months, do it now because you don't know what's behind that door. So that's my PSA for the day. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, if there's any advice in this, thre- in this uh, podcast today, it's that. Yeah. And um, so we go on to the next question, and this is an interesting one. I think Matt Wilson's asked it because he's looking for some excuses. But it's <laughs> do do we think the dad decline is a real thing in this league? In the past, certain managers have struggled. How much do we believe the hype? Now, I know the certain managers he's referring to is me, so I'm going to come back to <laughs> my explanation there because I was th- actually thinking about this today. But um, gee, as as a as a recent father, be good to get your views. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to invite people to get at me in the comments right now because I know they will. So I think it's an excuse. I I think it's human nature, right, to look for a reason for why we're not being as successful as we once were, and it's easy to affix it to that in my mind. Um, you only have to look as 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 late as last year to see that uh, you had a recent father in Dan Parker hit 2,500, win the Super League, win the championship, a recent father in Tim Roots winning the minor premiership, another recent father, father in myself making the top eight. So, like, I think it's, you know, it's certainly a challenge, but also I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy to, a, to an extent uh, by saying that it's a daily decline, and that's the reason. I think, 
I think you're making that the reason. I think you're allowing that to be the reason as well. Frame it. Before I come to you, CC, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to come to myself, and um, <laughs> so I had obviously since Elliot's been born, I had a, been born. I had an okay season and a bad season. So my okay season was when um, when she was first born. I had a bit of a shocker up until Christmas, and then managed to recover it. Actually went really well. I only just missed out on the finals. But the bigger thing for me is not not the kid. It's actually last season I went down, but I also returned to work at MPI. And if um, Diggy will be able to back me up on this, MPI doesn't <laughs> let you access Fantasy Premier League at Us. work. <laughs> so as someone who used to spend a lunch hour once a week doing their team, it was fine when I was in the minister's <laughs> office. They fucking let you look at anything over in Parliament. Um, Even pornos. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to look at Winston Peters for other history. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's it's sort of like I think it's almost like it probably applies to everyone. If you take on a new job that's more stressful and you don't get that downtime, you probably sure. you're probably going to experience a decline. So I wouldn't say it's the dad decline. It's the lose your downtime decline and as cc as someone who is um quite flat out at work and at the moment you probably experience a little bit of that yeah I, my my thing is has mostly been to kind of uh later on in the week take a look at what moves i've got as i said i, I was thinking about using my wildcard for a few weeks and i didn't get around to it but i kept on winning and then I ended up getting manager of the month. So I don't, I don't get that. But um, I, I buy into what Grant says. I'm not a father, but we, we've also used a similar narrative in when people go traveling. And if when I was traveling, I really wanted to get my, keep my team humming. I could have done that. Yeah. So. Totally. Yeah. Prioritization. I think. I think. I think, I think this is we're... actually. I think this is actually music to Willie's ears. Like, <laughs> he he wants Just... to he wants to be the guy who defies the odds, but really, as you said, Grant, it's already been defied. <laughs> well, it was certainly a driver for me. It was certainly a driver for me last year because I, um, for people that know me well, I I identify things and go, I'm going to prove that wrong. So there's this idea that I. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like being a father is going to change that aspect of it. So actually, no, I'm going to push against that. And, you know, I got as far as week one of the playoffs, which is still okay. But, you know, Dan Parker is a great example of somebody who, you know, must just be elite at managing his time, which is, you know, which is, I guess, the crux of what this question is, right? Is, you know, how well you are at managing time. Which brings me back to the second PSA for the night, which looks to your point, Stuart. If you're an employer and you're in the Moafa League, remove those damn <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Master and Council does not give a shit, I can tell you that. Nice. <laughs> right. Um, we'll go. This one can be super quick. Um, we're sort of time's counting down, and basically it's just Jesse stroking Callum's ego and saying, how many times has Callum Campbell won the Manager of the Month award, and why does this one hit different? <laughs> um, I don't actually know. I know I've won it, like, probably I'd say three or four times, 
uh, this one hits different because just didn't see it coming. I literally saw the notification from Matt Wilson. I was like, what? What the fucking shit is this now? <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out it was actually good news. So you don't get that every day. Love it. I've got Dan Parker's question I'm going to save to the end because it's probably worth a media discussion. Um, so this one, it'll go to you, G, because you're the only one who's experiencing it at the moment. It's from um, old mate Craig, who got promoted in his first season to the Super League, and he asked, why is the Super League so hard? Um, it's because everybody gives a shit, I think is the main thing. And everybody <laughs> is looking to... Everybody wants to do well. I'm not saying that's not the case elsewhere, but everybody is moving. Everybody, 19 or 17 of the teams and Michael Roberts, uh, but 17 <laughs> teams are, are moving. And, you know, it's, the margins are so tight. And yeah. with teams being roughly similar, uh, it really, really lies on those things, those, those bits and pieces players. So, like, if you bring in somebody in a roll the dice and it comes off, then that's going to do well because everybody else is roughly the same. It's, it's tough. It's, it's a wasteland out there. Yeah. And I think um, Tom Hill's question follows on from this, and he asked, why does this game suck balls? <laughs> <laughs> and CC can probably comment there, and it's probably because probably you have a bad team, Tom. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, uh, I don't even know how to answer this, to be honest. It's kind of like an existential question. We could yeah. get deep into the philosophy of things. Um, but the bottom line is just, you know, Captain Mo Salah, you'll probably be okay. Yeah. <laughs> just thoughts and prayers for um, Tom and all yeah. those other people stuck in Auckland at the moment, basically. Yeah, agree. Um, speaking of people stuck in Auckland, and probably my favourite question, and I think we all know the answer to this, and it's Matt Rowe. Should Whitby Lakes FC rename to the Torbay Cockroaches FC? <laughs> and yes. Yeah. Disgusting. I, this is where I wish um, Wilson had admin powers and could just change team's name so he could make that happen tonight. <laughs> what a disgrace. He's third in the Dino's Championship, so I think he needs to focus on his team rather than on his team name um, and come, come looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the um this is the final question and i'll just sort of i'm going to run through dan and then tim's and then duncan's comments on this one and then sort of open it up to you two but basically dan asks where are the differentials feels like the pool of performing players is smaller than the past seasons leading to teams being more similar slash template tim roots followed this up with great question I'd also compare all teams to Let's Talk FPL YouTube, and herein is perhaps part of the answer, to which Duncan responded, I think the stats slash podcast hive mind has ruled out players who we'd consider in the past on eye test, etc. So this sort of goes to, it's the science point, and also a bit of the monetization of Fantasy Premier League. It'd be good to get your views on this first, G, and because I know you've got some views and Dean Callum to jump in because it'd be great to hear yours as well. Well, like it's an interesting thought. Like I, I think that regardless of whether or not there's a thousand people on Twitter banging the drum for a player, you know, that player's still in, in people's minds. Like 
like most sellers not taking anybody by surprise, right? And then if you think at players that the ones that usually get a little bit of, you know, uh, hype, uh, Antonio preseason. So like, you know, players that people bang the drum on are players that people probably ought to be looking at anyway. And so, so I think there's a degree of that. Like I think the players that people ought to have, the pool's probably smaller to be honest. Um, you're not really picking between. Again, this feels like we're just taking the, taking a, having a go at Robbo, but you know, like it's not really weighing up Sulla and somebody else. Like he's the logical option at that price point as a midfielder. Yeah. So there's is, there's is a degree of I think there being a lot of people shining a light on players, but also I don't think that the pool of players that people ought to have in their teams is overly big. Um, I know I really haven't addressed the differentials, but that's sort of how I feel generally about the idea. I, I just don't I just don't know if that pull was big, which then means you really have to be nailing those rando players you bring in and that, that's what gives you the edge. Um, and that's where you win and lose the game. So keen to hear your thoughts on the on the idea CC. Yeah, so I I thought this was interesting because I don't I don't really agree, to be honest. I think there's a certain amount of like a lot of players picking the same teams but I feel like in certain price brackets there are quite a few different options on different teams like uh, Saar for Watford for a while was a player that you may not have really looked at until he picked up form uh, similar for, well not, maybe not similar but Ben Rama um, I feel like Leon Bailey hasn't really got going this year but he's someone that could be like I'm looking at a game from a few weeks, maybe a month ago, he got a goal and an assist. Like, there's potential there. And if I look, oh, it'll probably take me too long to find. But um, I don't know what his ownership is. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that I feel like there's actually quite a few different players at a price bracket that um, maybe template-ish, but are still worthy and then it just comes down to taking risks and just kind of i know you just got to go with it but the last thing i'd say as well is that at this time of year i think it's about being almost as template as possible because we're kind of trying to build the foundations of a successful campaign and there's nothing wrong with that and then later on in the season start to take some Differentials to to boost you up the league. Um, yeah, like another one I brought in last week was uh, Kukudella from Brighton, which looks like an absolute no brainer. But his ownership is um, is one point one percent. So I don't really believe that there there really are there really aren't these players out there. I don't know, what do you think, Steele? I'm sort of, like, I'm sort of torn because there's definitely, like, there's sort of a hide mind thinking on certain players and you'll, you'll see a whole group of people jump on someone who looks like he's about to go boom. Like, like I think Torres was the example this season is a lot of people work themselves up into a lather because they convinced themselves that he was City's striker and he was going to be the right. striker for the season when actually... Pep doesn't really roll with a striker because he had Aguero for four seasons and didn't use him to the full extent. I think 
you're right. At this time of the season, template is safe. I think for the the game of FPL, something like a Mo Salah eight weeks out with injury would make things fucking interesting. Because mm. then you you have to start making decisions. And if if it was Mo and like TAA at the same time, I think we'd end up with some wildly different scores. But at the moment, you've got TAA in your team, you've got Mo in your team, and you're setting him as your captain. Like that's thirty points, so available, and most people are scoring between sixty and seventy. So actually, it's like the rest of your team's only getting two thirds of your points. Mm. Yeah, I think, and I think people are. It's almost like people are smarter. People are playing the game a lot harder. I know with the way the stats are, stats are coming into it and even the way the Premier League and the Fantasy Premier League website are using the stats, it's sort of making everyone a bit more knowledgeable, which makes it harder to get that jump on people that used yeah. to be able to. You can't just play the fixtures anymore. You've got to play like the fixtures plus the the stats plus the what might happen if the someone formations. gets rested. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't with the with the rest and rotation being more and more prevalent, you can't just have three, four million dudes on your bench. Cause actually if you do that, you some weeks you're gonna have eight players. And like, like to be honest, in my mind, like a game that makes you think a lot more is in my mind at least is an, is a more enjoyable game. So like if you're looking at it and going because you're right, like in the past I'd probably have two basement non-playing players on the bench and be fine with it. Um, but you really can't do that. You need to probably have at least one and probably two players that could come off the bench and do something for you. Um, but not every year we're going to have a, um, you know, a one Basaka for 4 million who comes yeah. on and is like an absolute force. So like it's, yeah. yeah. Which, I, you know, I'm... I'm I'm here for a more of a thinking man's game, that man of science approach to the world, right? I've got a, uh, I've got a doozy of a transfer lined up for this week. So oh. everyone keep an eye on my, uh, <laughs> my team come uh, Saturday morning. Looking forward to it. Taking, taking a risk. And um, just, just, I think that's a good discussion. It'll be good to see what people think in the comments, but um just the final question from Dan was, could could you do a little bit of a preview of your matchup, G? And that preview could just be trash talking. It could be whatever you want. You know, like, I was reflecting on this before, and I don't, well, I'm, I don't really have, like, a, like a, a, a scalp to my name this season. So, Dan Parker, I'm coming for you, mate. I'm going to smash you. It's going to be, like... I'm going to win by like 20 points. You better buckle both chin straps, mate, because I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going, to hit, going to hit you right in the kisser. You better be ready. <laughs> He's running the full zero blitz. <laughs> That's right. Both safeties. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I, I think we should probably leave it on that level of intensity. Mm. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, final final words, CC. Uh, yeah, check my team on on Saturday morning, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and G. Uh, thoughts and prayers to Dan Parker and his family. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll try and get another one of these out in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, your thoughts on the comments would be greatly appreciated. Have a good one. Cheers. Ciao.